It's Monday morning, and we're back in the office. Um, I'm having to do some adulting. I've got Frank across from me. Frank, are you adulting? Sometimes. Most of the time. Frank adults a lot more than I do lately. And then we have, uh, to our right, uh, Trad Baby Jesus. Are you good if I call you that? So we have Daniel Columns. I kind of nicknamed him Trad Baby Jesus. Uh, Daniel, what's going on? Nothing much. The prodigy. Happy to be here. Yeah. So you, you're from, uh, you drove 20 hours, right? You're from Chattanooga, Tennessee? Yep, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 20 hours straight. Yeah, and uh, you wouldn't believe it is that his Tacoma, it's got 400,000 miles? 410,000, yeah. <laughs> it goes everywhere, it? yeah. <laughs> Does yeah. it have a hemi? Just kidding. Does it's it probably have... not going fast, but it's definitely getting here. No, about 80 mile an hour is running 3,000 <laughs> RPM. <laughs> oh, Good Lord. Daniel, I, I just met Daniel. He's staying at the house. He came out for the, the best of the best shoot, and then he's going to do some scouting. Um, but Daniel, it's, it's, so Daniel, you're only 19, and yep. um, you have been whooping the shit out of everybody on the tournament scene for, for recurve. So you just started shooting two, three years ago? Uh, yeah, about two and a half now. And and uh, so kind of kind of give the – the background like when you started shooting and then what you've been winning this year and how that's been going because as far as asa and ibo you pretty much won everything yeah uh only thing i've lost this year is the hobby at winter nationals had a little bit of a arrow issue but um other than that yeah i just started shooting bows because i loved to hunt and wanted to get one with the recurve and um you know start out with that and it's just i've had the right people come in at the right time and um i think it's just all worked out pretty perfectly. Did you did you start off with a compound bow, or did you just pick well, up a recurve? I, yeah, I had a I had a compound, but um, I never I only used it to hunt with. I didn't ever practice with it. I didn't really enjoy shooting it really. Um, but then I picked up a recurve and started shooting about two three hundred arrows a day. So nice. Yeah. So you um, for people there we have obviously a broad spectrum of of listeners, and not all of them are traditional archers it's you string walk uh the way that you aim for a, a tournament which do you want to kind of explain your your aiming method and when you say like certain people came in at the right time uh who taught you all that like you don't just figure it out like you had to learn somehow so kind of yeah. and then you know you're shooting what'd you say a 320 grain arrow or some crazy yeah it's thing. about 340 yeah his bow is loud. <laughs> like he warned me ahead of time when it went off. I hit the ground. Like, like no, I wasn't that bad. Is it? <clears throat> so it's set up just for uh, tar- target yeah. shooting for now, and then yeah. your How hunting long? bow is probably different, right? Yeah, my, I, I'm shooting for a 64 inch hunting bow this year, but my competition bow is 72 inches. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so it's, it's forgiving. It's it's the same height as me. It's big. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but who who kind of explained? You know, two and a half years is you know, super fast to pick it up, especially at the level you're winning and the people that you're, you know, you're beating, which obviously has, has caused a big uh, stir in a, in a good way. Um, but who, who taught you that or kind of where'd you get some of your info from? Yeah, the first thing that got me into it was um, Push Archery and their, their video on YouTube is how I started. And then after that, um, I was in the uh, Harvest Archery, our local pro shop, and I was ordering a Satori. And I was shooting my Samick Sage in the back, and he's like, dang, kid, you're pretty good. You should, uh, I'll get you hooked up with our coach here. And it's a guy named Jim Laird, and he's shot tons of competitions back in, you know, 60s, 70s, and 80s. And uh, he taught me everything. As soon as I got to his house, he invited me over. He let me borrow a uh, 
a competition rig, like a Spigarelli riser and all that. And, uh, um, just started showing me string walking and yeah, string walking is you come down off the knock so you can aim at the, with the point of your arrow every time on the 10 ring. Um, because you know, you don't have to gap. Um, and that's called bare bow. In most competitions, when you string walk, it's bare bow, and if you touch the knock, it's traditional. So, yeah. So you're putting your fingers below the knock, but yeah, say, it's ex- different dis- different yeah, distances. Explain it exactly. Your aiming method. Yeah. So, string walking is when you come the further down from the knock you are. So, the knock of the arrow is up by my eye because I have a low anchor. The further you are down from the knock of your arrow, the the closer the target has to be because that arrow is pointing downwards towards the target. And then the further you get towards the knock, your point on grows. And, you know, I have a 75 point, 75 yard point on and, you know, Aaron, you shoot a heavier bow and heavier arrows. So you only have like a 30 yard point on right now. 33. I I did not set myself up for, for victory shooting against you. So I'm hoping I nudge you (laughs) off a cliff. Yeah. Uh, I'm, (laughs) I'm still way off the knock for even 40 yards. So, yeah, fast so, arrows. So you you judge the yardage, arrange it, and then he has a distance. There's little hash marks on the tab. Yeah. So maybe an inch and three quarters would be thirty two yards. Or yeah. So I'm on the Yoast tab. There's like thirteen marks from the top to bottom, and at twenty yards, I'll put my tab up against the knock of the arrow, and then count down twelve, which is you know for most people it's not that far down. But again, I have a low anchor, and then I move that tab to that twelve mark. So I'm a good two, three inches from the knock of my arrow. Um, and then for 40 yards, it's, it's, I think, eight down. So I'll count eight, put my finger on the string, come down to that point. Um, so I'm only like an inch and a half from the knock of the arrow at that point. So that's how, I mean, that's how it works. As people are listening in, it, it, it seems like a really good system, and it is for tournament. I wouldn't really suggest for people to um, to hunt with that system, especially with a bow you can't tiller tune because it is it is kind of a a bitch to tune broadheads with that um yeah i i, I don't know if you yeah. screwed around with that no it, it's hard to tune just period you have to <laughs> you know because when you're changing where you are from the string when the closer you are to the knock the further that arrow is back so it's actually becoming a weaker spine so you have to the way i tune is if i'm shooting a 30 yard course um i'll probably tune it for 25 i'll be a hair weak at 30 and a hair stiff at 20 um, so you just have to account to that with string blur. I'll put the string blur at 20 closer to the arrow. Uh, string blur is basically you have the blur of the string, and you can move that over to the left or the right. Like left is closer to the shaft. I'll do that 20 because I'm hitting stiff. So you just have to keep everything like that in a line um, to do that. Gotcha. So uh, tournament-wise, what you did you start shooting – like seriously two years ago, but you really started to kind of come into your own this year? Yeah. Um, last year I won ASA Shooter of the Year um, just by a hair. Um, I actually didn't win all of them, but uh, one of the main guys, one of my friends, Jeremy um, Dorsett, didn't show up. And because of that, I was able to win Shooter of the Year. Um, and then this year, yeah, I basically won everything besides the first ASA I tied first and the guy beat me by 112 um so that was super tight and then i lost the winter nationals but everything else i've won um i'm sitting pretty 
pretty good right now as far as shooter of the years and stuff. You got what two? Is it two tournaments or three left? It, yeah, I think it's two left in ASA and then one big one left in IBO. It's the third leg of the Triple Crown. Um, and then there's the IBO Nationals, which everybody goes to, but that's um, separate from the Triple Crown. Gotcha. Because we had Dwayne Martin on um, maybe a month ago or three weeks ago, and Dwayne was the guy – uh, to beat for quite a while and then which is crazy because he's only 19 and then you you've been kicking the shit out of him so <laughs> it's it stirs things up I talked about it last night like me kind of hopping on the scene and in uh and on the hunting side of things and being successful with that kind of the same same thing um it stirs up crap good at good and bad obviously there was a, a giant um uh, clicker crisis which I was part of the problem but you use like um a grips here basically yeah um, type of a Kind of explain that. You have yeah. a little, uh, you drag your fingernail basically across uh, a little groove the, on your tab. Yeah, the back edge of the tab. So it's basically like making your own clicker, but it's not a clicker because it's not a draw check. Um, you know, and you can control it a little bit more than a clicker because you were talking about yesterday having clicker panic, and people can get that um, the more they shoot. But you can control that movement with the sear. So I'm just putting a fingernail some people do it on the riser or some people do it on the tab and uh, just pressing with my fingernail until it pops off the edge of my tab. Um, and then that sends that signal to my brain and everything relaxes at that point. Um, and if I start to get like pressure situations, you might have to push it a little bit harder. You might have to push it a little less. That's, that's why I like it. You know, you can fine tune it de- depending on how much pressure you're under. It is quite a bit different, and and obviously we've been answering a ton of questions with uh, the podcast we did with Dwayne and Rod on the clicker stuff. The string clicker, uh, you know, whatever, I've been doing this for 50 years or anything, but that seems you're a lot more susceptible to uh, clicker panic um, because it's also a draw check. And so what happens, and this happens with, like, Jake as well, you get where you're at full draw and you're pulling and you stop thinking about shooting the animal and you're thinking more about the thing clicking that little flat tab um you, you're more susceptible i think for issues with that than you are uh like a like a sear um mostly the draw check portion of it gets in you know what i mean your your mind kind of screws you up as far as the correct draw. yeah point. like like i said yesterday um i probably have a hundred thousand arrows through that sear system and I, not one of them have i not known how that arrow was going to leave the bow every one of them was controlled and and that's, that's that gives you a lot of confidence you know yeah. Oh, it's a big, I, I get it. I mean, the, um, I shot in, well, that first year with when we were hunting 16, I didn't have a clicker. And then I, I put one on in 18. My big thing, and I talked about it on the podcast was an exit strategy, like use it for training, but you know, yeah. don't be married to it so much where you can't shoot an animal without it, which is what I've done now where I've gotten used to where I don't give a shit if it's on there or not. I can take it off for hunting. Um, did you know that going into it that you eventually wanted to take it off or uh, that you No, that was my whole point (laughs) was to have an exit strategy. Like it's weird. And and I'm not for whoever's listening. I could give a shit if they make them legal or illegal on the tournament side. My thing more was Frank, you pick up a bow, let's say, and you come over and he and I are your buddies and you walk in and immediately we put a clicker on your bow. That's all you ever know. Yeah, well, you become married to it, and and you know, obviously, when when I was you know in on a compound side of things, I was shooting a wrist rocket, and I was winning quite a bit, and then I got I got target panic. Well, 
I got target panic for di- totally different reasons, but I got, you know, it's so easy to hit that trigger, you know, the pin would float around and I would just hammer it. And when my timing was on, I'd, I'd be good. And then when my timing was off, it would be bad. And so I just worked on, you know, I went and saw a coach and I worked on taking control of my shot. If the control of your shot, and this is obviously my opinion, heavily hinges on this string hooked to your limb and in your string and in a flat blade, if something ever goes wrong with that or or you get so wrapped up into that click that you let's say you have a it rips off through the bushes on the way, you know, while you're putting on a stock and that literally stops the hunt, that is that's a major problem. You are married to that and, and you're a slave to it. With what he's doing or Daniel's doing is it's just a little groove on the the tab and watching you shoot yesterday, I would imagine you would you may not win as many tournaments without that, but you could go kill something without a groove yeah. in your tab. I yeah, guess. I practice without it a bunch. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah. The string clicker is a little bit. It's different. Um, do you have your tab? Uh, yeah, I mean it's in the truck. Right yeah, now, when but. when we get done, you can show it to you or whatever. What I had to do with the, the clicker to get rid of it because I started getting micro collapses. And Rod Jenkins is right; it becomes a click to collapse. Like mm-hmm. the moment you hear it, you get a micro. Well, it was so small you couldn't really see it uh-huh. unless you filmed it. Okay. And it was clear as a fucking bell. Like you'd see my arrow come back, and right when it would click, there would be this quarter-inch mm-hmm. movement yeah. forward. So what I did is I actually shortened that bastard at first to draw through it, and then that way it would double-click, and I would know if I was collapsing. And then I don't – the way that I aim, I don't need that the grip sear as much because I was never introduced to it. Like, when I say that, I never messed with it. The first time somebody told me about it, they, they wanted it on the bow arm, and I'm not a big hand, fan of movement on your bow hand. So I had a crisis with the string clicker portion, but the way that I aim, what would what I did is I shortened it, I'd draw through it, anchor, and then I would just focus on aiming and expanding and fire. If it double-clicked, I knew I fucked up, right? I knew I collapsed. That's how I got rid of it. But, dude, that took... That took some time. Like, it took a while, especially blind bailing. Yeah. Where with what you're doing, you don't have this draw check. And so I think that helps out quite a bit as far as potential issues. Yeah. I mean, when I let that thing go, it, I, the one thing I focus on is the, the string hand and just relaxing on my fingers, you know, so that I don't get that. I've noticed that some competitions, um, the more nervous I am, when I do click it, there's a little bit of a jolt, like you're talking about. And the way I get rid of that is just focusing on my, my string coming, my hands coming off the string. Um, you know, and I like, like you're talking about hunting, it's a lot more bomb proof, a sear system because you don't have to worry about it ripping off and all that. Well, when you're aiming just like a clicker on a back tension, when you're aiming up and downhill or sitting in a blind, you're probably not going to make that thing click, especially if you're shitting your pants. And so what I've noticed, especially with clients They'll draw fine, they'll anchor fine, and everything's going smooth, and they're pulling, and it's not clicking, and immediately their mind goes to, to shit, right? Because it's not clicking, and then they just spaz out. Yeah. So it's it's different with, you know, when I say different, different scenarios and different people's brains require different uh, methodologies to, to fix it, and there's not like a one blueprinted, probably rock. Rod would probably slap the shit out of me for giving people advice to shorten the clicker to draw through it. Yeah. But it tells you if you're collapsing because it double clicks. And so for me, it just made sense. I'm like, well, hell, I, I know I, 
have good tension if it's not double clicking. No, there's a lot of people that can't run a seer. I mean, it's it's just as hard. Some people, you know, think that it's way easier, and, and that's why we're doing so good with it. But, you know, it takes a lot of mental control to figure out how to do that. Now, yeah. there is a point where it cams over in your mind, and it's just like you can do it without even thinking about it. Um, but it is hard to start out, you know. Yeah, and I don't – I'm not going to fuck with it. Like, I've got a system down now that I don't want to add another – variable that i've got to and my hands are so broken and screwed up i don't think i got the flexibility to touch the base like yeah. i don't think i could touch it but i do i do you know with it's amazing you do those like a podcast and you get tons of feedback and we've had hundreds of people message us with clicker panic and we're like hey we we need this but it was a, most of them were a string clicker i, I yeah. will say that it wasn't a a, a sear in Frank, it's no different if you were going to like, uh, you know, when you first started shooting a hinge and you have that click. Well, obviously that you click. You flinch super hard. Yeah, well, that click, may, that's kind of what I'm leading up to. That click for a, a clicker is tells your brain to fire. That's your, uh, that, that's your, like your go sign, right? So, and if it clicks and you're not comfortable, you, you lower down. Well, with a uh, back tension or a hinge, when it clicks, that kind of tells you to get your shit together. and Yeah but you see people just flinch like crazy, (laughs) that will start to happen. It first happens when you first put a string clicker on, you'll see people just spaz out when it clicks. But what ends up happening later on is they're thinking about that click and they're not thinking about shot control or expansion or, or the animal or killing it. They're thinking, please click, please click. And then if it doesn't, they'll lose their, their iron mind and they'll spaz out, which I've seen some pretty epic, shit happen with yeah. animals in front and with what you're doing that's totally different so explain it one more time because i want to make sure people i don't want to get a bunch of stupid questions about this yeah, you have yeah. a tab there's a groove on it you have your fingernail you put pressure yeah yeah it's it's my thumbnail so on the yost tab there's there's a groove that runs down the whole back side of it and when you say i just have a groove on it all i've done is filed that off so there's a flat edge because you have that whole metal plate, and I don't like anything. I just want a 90-degree flat edge on the surface of it. And then I index my my thumbnail in that in that groove, put that 90-degree angle in there, and then I just press press down, downward until it pops out. So it would be like thumbnail on this and just pop it off, and when that pops, he, he fires. Yeah. And that, that um... I mean, I'm trying to put things into perspective. Um, you can't even legally drink yet, and you're beating guys that have been winning tournaments forever. So it's it's a short period of time. It's very Im- impressive, but it also figuring out that system to get it to work for you. And because the rubber meets the road at a at a tournament, so to speak, meaning if you're going to screw up and your system has faults, it's going to happen under under pressure and, yeah. and you know you're shooting at the larger tournaments that you you know asas and ibo is the largest ones you can have you had one like where you i know you said that you shot hundreds of thousands never had an issue are you disciplined enough when shit's going south to let down pretty good yeah um i would say on a 20 target course i probably let down three times yeah yeah i let down when something doesn't feel right at this point in my shot it's all a feel shot yeah so you know i'm breaking past the point where i'm like focus on that you know that and wait till it pops off and all that all i'm focused on is my back tension and all this and if something doesn't feel right i'm letting down you gotcha. know my anchor doesn't feel right my bow arm 
my grip and I'll let down. Yeah. And so make sure like people as we're, we're talking about clickers and aiming methods. So, uh, the way that I aim, which I feel is the best for, for hunting, uh, for at least Western hunting, maybe not whitetail is a uh, gap shooting. So, um, I, I shorten my, my point on is 33 years is 75. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so if I anchor right under the knock, it used to be 40 to 42 right in there. I, I made it, I wanted it to be shorter for hunting for the simple fact most of my shots are, are, are closer. And so I don't have these crazy where I'm aiming at the hoof if something's standing at a 20-yard shot. Plus or minus, I'm either in the armpit aiming at it or whatever from 15 out to, you know, 35 or 40. Um, or, you know, at 40, I put my, my arrow cut to back down. It's quicker. So I can range and I'm just, I know my drops. You saw how I set my target up. I spray paint six inch, you know, every six inches I spray paint a line. And so I just figure out my, 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 ri- my drop or my rises at each distance. So the only, the only thing is on a tournament side of things, you are able to put your arrow in the middle of the target on every shot. Yes. Where I got to aim higher and lower, the difference is in reverse hunting. Obviously, my system's going to be better where tournament-wise, I'm aiming high and, and low. Yeah, it's, it's definitely better what you're doing for hunting because um, if you misjudge the yardage or you range it wrong and he moves and you've already set your crawl, then you're screwed pretty much. That's what um, happened to Cody. He had a fixed crawl. It was a yeah. fucking nightmare in Texas. Yeah, because um, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're like you're setting a single pin sight, and if he moves, then you got to kind of guess where you're going to aim. But with a gap method, and, and I'm I'm decent at it, but my brain will kind of set it for me, you know, and if he moves forward, I'll just let my brain take it down just a little bit, and it seems to work pretty well. Because under 20 yards, I gap everything. Yeah. Um, because I run out of tab space. That, yeah. Not tab space. That's how far down I am. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, if, uh, let's say like with Amy, um, if she was going to hunt out of a ground blind, I'd probably set her up with a 20 yard fixed crawl. Um, we're in a ground blind controlled environment. Yeah. She can draw back and put the point roughly on it or, or tree stand type situation. The, the problem with, you know, Western hunting is like when I come over the top of something in a cliff, we're looking at it from a mile away. It could be, we think it's 25 yards and it could be 40. Well, if I range it real quick, I just grip it and I know to, you know, put my arrow on its back and shoot. So there's there's pros and cons. The biggest issue with the way you do it in the hunting situation is is broadhead tuning. Yeah. Um, how much of a of a pain was it to tune it without broadheads? Uh, it, like yeah, it's pretty big pain. You just you have to tune it at one yardage, and then you're going to be off at the other other two because, like again, if I shoot a thirty yard course, I'm going to tune it for twenty five. Um, and I tuned this one for about 30 because we're going to be shooting a little bit further for the best of the best. And, uh, I'm hoping that benefits me actually. Um, (laughs) and the side hilling and the steep stuff. Um, what's the average shot distance at the tournaments you've been shooting? Uh, everything's a max of 30 and IBO, they do that, um, 10% thing. So it's 33 yards. And they do play that a little bit, um, yeah. just to mess with you. Yeah. Um, but ASA pretty much is, is 30 and in, known, and then IBO is unknown. Yeah. Um, so IBO is definitely harder to master um, just because you got a lot more variables. They do shoot up and down and side hills and stuff. Gotcha. Well, when Zernzak did that push video, and that's who just called for those wondering, I think I started shooting a year after that video came out or uh-huh. something like that. And it... I had Tom Clum, so I watched the video like Cliff Notes, and I have fucking no idea what he was. 
I never shot a recurve. He was talking about string, and I'm like, I thought, you know, I'm watching Fred Bear. I'm like, I just gripped it and ripped it. Well, I first started split finger, quickly went to three under, and then I figured real quick there's a point at the end of my arrow. It works real damn good for an aiming method. So I didn't shoot instinctive for probably three weeks because it just was, like, stupid to me. I'm like, why would I, you know, and I read Asbel, you know, and I'm like, 15 yards fuck that i want to shoot far right i want to shoot farther and as it turned out and frank had to deal with this whole shittery from the beginning to the end i was so focused on farther 40 yard shots um, and i've had guys give me crap about it like oh uh, once you got into it i guess your mind changed and i'm like well it's just far you know 40 yards with a 170 foot per second arrows it's a ways so i and I, but i killed several or a few to four or five animals past 40 but like this learning progression as I'm I'm shooting, I had Tom to help. Well, that video, I don't know, I think it's got over a million downloads now or something. He kind of just goes from top to bottom, all the different aiming methods and, and just all about traditional archery. Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's a great video to get started, yeah. No, it, it, it is. And, and uh, you know, a lot of the things that I picked up, because thank God, and Tom talks about, I had a good base from a compound shooting. The whole canting thing was I anchor on my side of my face, and if I stood straight up and looked down the arrow, I'd hit seven miles left. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I just canted over, and then I, I put my vein where it touches my nose for my head going in and out. And uh, that's just what I figured out from, from shooting enough. There are times it has bit me in the ass. Side hills where you're, let's say your toys are ponied down, I'm adam- automatically – I've got to aim on the uphill side because I'm canting more. So there's some red jet, redneck ingenuity in there. Um, you shoot vertical bow yeah. when you're shooting tournaments. Do you do the same hunting? Uh, well, it depends on what situation I'm in. Because yeah. you obviously can't in a ground blind. Yeah. Um, but you can't, especially. Uh, Dan is a meaty six foot four. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, so you because you're six four and a sixty four inch. Yeah. So, and, oh. 64-inch bow, I may shoot ILF, I may shoot a 66-inch bow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Widow's going to take care of you, by the way. Oh, they are? What do you shoot? How tall is your bow? 62, but I've got a 29 and a 3.8 draw. His is, what are you, 30 and a half, 31? Yeah, about, well, (laughs) I was thinking it was 30 and a half, but last night when I pulled your bow back, that thing clicked way before I was at my anchor. And that's like 29 and probably a quarter an eighth because i have it yeah. to where i'll i'll draw through depending but yeah i anchor pretty far back like you yeah um uh it's just more accurate for me yeah full expansion and all his bow is loud dude like he warned yeah. me <laughs> but it doesn't matter you're not hunting but yeah he doesn't have string silencers on it and he's shooting a 320 grain arrow and yeah. you can't have string silencers in asa and world archery and all those yeah that's the reason i don't but yeah so and i don't i don't we were talking last night. My my time has come and gone for tournaments. Like, obviously, I don't want you to kick the shit out of me, so I, I, I just want to try to win, but <laughs> I don't have the the desire to go sh- shoot like, like, like you are. So I'm not up on the, like, somebody is telling me about there's a hoop and your bow has to yeah. fit through it and all that. I don't know how all that shit works. How does yeah. it work? Uh, in world archery, I think it's like a four-inch circle and unstrung, your bow has to fit through it, the riser and all. So... Basically, that's just anti-stabilizer. Uh, you can have weights, and Hoyt makes a bow. The weight comes out just the perfect amount, and there's just, like, Gilo makes one. But uh, mine's far from making it, you know, it's it fits through very easily. 
Yeah. The CD29, yeah. So you know that the WF19, uh, Ryu, I gave Ryu, my, my son-in-law, the first WF19 I got. Uh, it's got a lot of weight in the limb pockets. I mean, you can beat the shit out of a grizzly bear with that thing. It's heavy. Yeah. Mine was a 19, so his riser's 29 inches long. That bow is like from me to you, and it's on the... Well, you took. Is it still on? Did you bring it? No, it's at your house. Yeah, on the on the garage floor. It's about half the length of my garage. (laughs) Big. Yeah, it's big. It's very forgiving. (laughs) Oh, I I bet. Are you gonna? Because you, we were just talking. I I talked with Toby this morning. You're gonna hunt with. We're gonna get you a a PMA. You hunted with a 64 inch Satori last year. Yeah. Um, it it was a good bow. I just put the wrong limbs on it. Way too slow of limbs. The Samic Discovery. Yeah. Um, nothing wrong with the limbs. They were good, but they were just super slow, and I was shooting a heavy, heavy arrow. I tried those discoveries against the Uka. They're slower than the second coming of Christ. It was like 20 feet difference yeah. in speed. They're not a bad limb. They're just not no. a fast No, they limb. look like they're built very well, and, you know, I, I gave them all that I had out there, dragging them through <laughs> stuff. But, um, no, they, they're very slow, and I was shooting, I think, a 600-grain arrow with them, so I was probably like 150 feet a second. How how what poundage? It was forty five. Oh, so yeah. Jesus man, Christ. it was horrible. You could have caught that, Frank, with your ninja skills. Yeah, <laughs> I could have. I shot my mule deer last year at thirty six yards, and I think he ran off, and I didn't have time to range him. Yeah. He stopped at thirty six, and uh, if I had misjudged him by like a a yard, yeah. maybe I probably missed him. <laughs> yeah, that's how that's how big that arc of the arrow was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's for one of the reasons I'm, I I worry about going you know, to a, a more of a tournament bow is I, you know, I hunt 58 to 60 pounds and I, with the system and the arc of the arrow, you get used to one arc and one aiming method and everything else. And I get worried about kind of screwing me up, but I mean, what do you feel comfortable with pulling? Like 55 would be like the most player hunting. Uh, I would say 52, 53 would be about the most I'd pull. I can pull, I can hold 50 pretty long. Um, so I'm probably going to shoot for 50, 50 pound yeah. at, at 30. And you you probably, with that draw length, you could probably shoot a 580 grain arrow at that at 185. Yeah, I, I might shoot for a lighter arrow this time, more yeah. like uh, probably 540. Yeah. yeah. Randy Cooling basically is dry firing his bow. He shoots... 480 grain arrow he kills yeah. all kinds of stuff i tried to go happy medium i went heavy for a while and light for a while and that 550 to 580 to me is about for for my you know my height and draw length and everything yeah i mean you know a lot more about it than i do but you know last year i definitely went too heavy <laughs> yeah I, well i've seen a lot of arrows go through a lot of animals and so like you know there's got the ashby the 650 yeah. who the fuck's aiming at a leg right like you think about it right so you got an animal and they're they're setting their entire system up to hit this one little leg with a uh single bevel what well there's a lot of stomach a lot of liver and a lot of other shit you could hit and it's not like you're probably not going to go through the leg anyway with a yeah. uh, a recurve so i kind of set mine up for reality not i mean i'm not aiming at the leg right I'm, yeah <laughs> so i i don't think 540 i mean you zip through anything in north america yeah Randy shot sure. a moose with a 490 grain arrow lengthwise and went through it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i have no doubt yeah yeah mine mine didn't stop it it went the same speed passed straight through that mule deer and it went the same speed as it was going you know through it never slowed down yeah frank tried the trad live for a little while 
Did you really? <laughs> I did try the trad life. Yeah, it's probably three, four years ago now, and it wasn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> he shot it good in practice. I mean, like Frank's got good hand-eye coordination, but you had a turkey. Shit's just different when an animal's in front I of you. I missed a turkey like 10 yards by like three feet. <laughs> 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 what Dan say when I... He shot it with a shotgun right after I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, it's it's hard. You so you shot the the one the one deer. Uh, yeah, that's the only recurve kill I've had so far. And adrenaline wise, you know, it's just hard to control. Oh yeah, you know, with everything going on and with a compound, you got a draw stop and a peep. Yeah. And with the, with the stick, and I'm guilty too. I mean, for the most part, I keep it pretty locked in, but. There's some shit I've missed by feet. I missed a turkey this year by four feet. I don't know. <laughs> really? Well, well, I missed the that mule deer. Sorry to interrupt. But, no, no. Um, I had a whole group of them walk right to me, you know, and it was just a perfect situation. And the biggest one was only like seven yards from me. And um, they were looking at me coming in, so I was kind of freaking out and shaking horribly. And I was like, I don't think I can do this. But I drawed my, <laughs> <laughs> I drawed my bow about two minutes before they got to me because they were looking that direction and they sit down to feed and that's when i drew my bow and then they kept coming i was like i don't want them to see me so i'll just sit here and hold this thing yeah and by the time they got to me that bow was so heavy i couldn't <laughs> it was just leaving my face um i was probably already collapsed a half draw at that point and this huge deer like this antler sitting here that's how big it was it was it was a monster that's a big deer yeah huge <laughs> and i'm freaking out and I'm like, just get to my face and let it go. Surely I'll hit it. And I hit it low. Man, I didn't I didn't hit it. I missed it. Probably a foot low. And then the smallest one in the group's the one that I shot ran out to thirty six yards. And I was like, that's <laughs> that's probably thirty six. And I stroked it. Um just got enough blood in my arms to, you know, make the shot at that point. But yeah. It was a stressful situation. It it's difficult with animals in front of you. Last year I told you at the tournament I shot a zero. And I, same thing, you know, I drew back and I started to think I should let down. It doesn't feel right. And somewhere in the middle of letting down, my brain said, go ahead and let it rip. Yeah. That happened on a turkey with Scotty to where I went to full draw and it was moving a little. And I'm like, I better let down. And I, the little devil on my left shoulder said, you better shoot. I think I probably missed it by four feet. <laughs> um, I've missed some javelinas high and, and I mean, I've missed stuff. It happens. But what I try to, you know, explain to people on the hunting side of things with a, a, a stick bow is, you know, you, you've got a lot of catching features or um, helpers with a compound. You have all these little things, your draw stops with the stick. You, you kind of need all the help you can get. And I've seen plenty of people miss a ton of stuff with a compound. So, like, when guys, um, that's one of the reasons, like, with that psycho trigger. Some people kind of have to have it. And when I say have to have it, if they're not disciplined enough to practice and drill, they're going to need something the problem is, is that'll work for a while. And then like with me, I started to think more about the clicker. So there's like this balance of everybody's brain of what's going to work the yeah. best. You got to focus on something besides it. You know, your back is what I focus on because I get my aiming done and then I don't think about it no more. You know, I go 10 ring, cover it, done. And then I focus on my back tension, hand, you know, torque in my bow. And all the whilst that I'm doing that, I'm putting tension on that sear until it pops because mm. i'm not thinking about i'm not worried about when it goes off there's been there's been several shots that i think were probably 15 seconds long yeah at, at some tournaments and i you know still hit the tendering um shaking like crazy but i don't care when it goes off whenever it goes off is i'm gonna go yeah 
You, how many pounds are you shooting on a tournament bow? Uh, right now, 44. Yeah, so that's the other thing, too, is because is, there'll be a lot of questions about guys maybe wanting to get a tournament bow listening in. Like, do not, I mean, in my opinion, um, if you're going to shoot a tournament bow, no different than shooting, you know, compounds. If you're going to go to tournaments, don't expect to just crush everyone, especially national tournaments, shooting a, a, a 55, 60-pound hunting bow with a quiver on and, yeah. you know, gap shooting or instinctual. Um, you, you really need to set yourself up for, for victory and shoot a little bit longer bow, a little bit lower poundage. Um, yeah. Well, like you said, the 600-grain arrow thing at the IBO, yeah. what, uh, what happened with that? Well, I was waiting on some, you know, my victory arrows to get in. I had some um, Easton ACCs, and I shot them a bunch at AS, ASAs, and they're great arrows, but um, they were just a little too heavy. Because you had to judge at the IBO. Yeah, I had to, I had to judge at that first one. Um, and the Arcamara was just too too bad. I was crawling too much, and if I was off, I think if I was off two yards of my judging, I hit a five. Yeah, you know. And if I'm off five yards right now, I I probably catch the eight. Yeah. So there's a lot of difference there, you know. Yeah, it's it's quite your arrow. I mean, we were shooting yesterday, depressingly slower. Mine's sixty feet slower than. So I shoot one seventy two right now. What are you shooting? Uh, I think it's approaching two thirty. Yeah, which is obviously different um <laughs> so yeah it, it's interesting though but it's good because they do you, like you do have the push and then trad lab and and obviously you know the clums and there's a lot of info out there for uh for shooting that that probably wasn't there 10 years ago or not easy to find yeah um i would say though i'd be interested with especially you just getting going I would suggest, guys, just because it's something you do or I do or or a Joel or a Tom does, that may not be what works for that person's brain. Oh, yeah. you got to experiment. Yeah, there's there's guys I know that I talked to a bunch of the tournaments. They've tried everything, and an internal trigger is the best, that, you know, works for them the best. Um, you know, everybody's different. Some people cannot shoot a seer. Some people cannot shoot a clicker. Yeah. And some people thrive at it, you know. Like me, I, I feel like, you know, I can conquer the world with it, but um, if it gets taken away, I also practice good with an you know internal trigger. Yeah, well, and explain internal trigger because some people are probably like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Well, an internal trigger is just you know going off of you draw back, you get in your back, you look at the target, um, you're aiming, but you don't have a trigger, you don't have a clicker, you don't have a sear. So an internal trigger is just your brain letting it go. When it feels like it, um, some people go off of back tension, you know. That's what, it, yeah, aiming they, and back tension yeah, is what I'm doing. Yeah, pull with your back until um, you feel something and, and let it let it go. Trying to is it like a <clears throat> mental checklist almost? Yeah, it's a lot harder. So when you <laughs> <laughs> Shit can go south quick. Yeah, so when I go to an internal trigger, you have to separate your shot a lot more because you got to aim because as soon as you aim with an internal trigger, your mind wants to let that arrow go. Um, and so you've got to focus on that one spot. You know, I've already aimed. Forget about the aim. Don't worry about it no more, Daniel. You know, keep keep pulling, and then and then let it go. You know, you can't let that get faster because you'll get to where you aim, and then you let go, and you keep getting it faster and faster until you can't even aim anymore, and then you'll start getting target panic. And this is what what Rod and I had talked about was with the drilling and the really focusing on it because it does take more work. Is and Tom talks about it in his first. It's aim, fire. And then it's aim, fire. Yeah, aim, fire. Yep. And so for for me, I tell people if you start doing that, go back to five feet and 
start yep. working on your shot. Luckily, um, you know, on, on my end, working at it enough now, if I need to grip and rip on an animal, I can, I can, I'm making a cognizant choice of letting it rip or, or shooting faster. But so for me, I get my arrow where I want it to be and subconsciously I'm just expanding. And then when I feel good, I just let it go. I can't say that I've hit my correct draw length sometimes like, you know, but that doesn't really make a shit of difference to me. Sub 30. Now you reach out there and touch them at 45, 50, a quarter inch draw length is a big deal. Yeah. It's a huge deal. And that's why I shoot at full expansion. Yeah. I don't expand anymore because I don't know when that sear is going to go off. Yeah. So if I'm, you know, if I'm expanding in my shot and I'm a half inch shorter than the other time, that's a huge difference at 40 yards. Yeah. Well, the reason why I first put the clicker on, I had a problem with overdrawing from Tom pounding into my head about expansion and packing all the powder in the shell and all the other shit he says, right? I mean, it's important. Well, in Alabama, you were down there. I was shooting um, Tree Shark, one of those big two-inch wide. Anyway, doe comes in, and my arrow's two inches longer than my draw length. And I'm just, it's coming. I'm like, pull, pull. Well, my you touch the razor? Hit my fucking finger. <laughs> and I was like, okay, obviously I was doing a little more pulling than I should have. And, and I, I think that was that night when Broderick said, hey, what about you, Snyder? How many trad flags you got laying out in that field? And I remember as, I, as I'm, as I'm aiming, it's walking under me. So as it's walking, I'm pulling. So obviously I was sh- shoulder pulling like crazy. Yeah. I called Danny and I'm like, dude, I, what should I do with this? And he's like, man, you probably a clicker to get a draw check, which helped because like there's max expansion and then there's cheating. Right. And when I say that, meaning you max expansion with good form is one draw length, max, max expansion with tricep and shoulder pull shit, I'll draw 33 inches if you ask me to. I can yeah. really reef it back there, but I, it's past max expansion. I mean, you're you're truly cheating the system. So finding that perfect that, that perfect max expansion like you've got, you're not shoulder pulling. Where I'm strong enough, I'll fucking reef the limbs off with an animal in front of me. So I never had a collapse problem. I had an over expansion problem because yeah. it, in my mind, I'm thinking, <laughs> pull, pull. Well, fuck, I'm pulling two inches farther than my draw, so that's where that clicker came in important for me. And that's why I use it now is just, I don't use it as a psycho trigger as much. I use it to make sure my draw is the same yeah. all the time. Now, like when I shot that goat with you, I couldn't go to full draw, which I've gotten shit about being unethical. I knew it would tear stiff. So I'd impact left. Mm-hmm. So I aimed on the right side of the body. And yeah, it worked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was pretty close anyway. 12. I mean, yeah. Like 12 yards or something. I mean, thank God. Cause if it was far. I probably would have, Probably would have missed. Yeah, well, with string walking, that's what that's what you got to worry about because at 40, I'm hitting stiff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I either have to aim to the right side of the tin ring or put my string butter on that arrow. Yeah, I was watching your arrows fly. They certainly, I mean, they hit, but they're it's not the best flight at all distances. No, no. Uh, you know, if you notice it, like, 25 is where it, where it shines. Yeah, I was going to say that you hit the coyote, that has 22, I think, or one yeah. of them, and it seems like that one hit the target fairly straight. Yeah, they're probably going to fly better now that i got new fletchings on them. Yeah, <laughs> they were we, pretty we refletched them last night. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd shot a bunch of holes in them. Yeah, yeah, you're shooting trad veins. You said, now what, you, obviously you winning with trad veins, people want to shoot them, but what's kind of the standard setup for guys that are winning right now? For, for uh, Well, Dwayne shoots those uh, Bajoran Dragonflights. They're like a weird-looking, look like a, 
I don't know really what they look like. They look like a dragon's back. Um, they got all sorts of cuts outs and everything on them. And he shoots like a two and a half inch. Most everybody shoots a two and a quarter, two and a half inch um, vein. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dwayne's shooting a four fletch, I think. Um, and a lot of people are shooting spin wings, which are the ones you tape on. Those They're, suck, by the way. Yeah. yeah, I can't get them to fly good. Um, a lot of people can, though. Yeah. Well, um, when I say suck, they require some effort to get on your to get to stay on like and maybe i just am stupid but i fucked with them and not for me oh no i can <laughs> i can get them to stay on but the issue is limb contact or um contact, contact. on your right that's what rest. i yeah. with yeah um most people that shoot those good like dimmer he shoots it really good and he shoots the zaniper drop away rest yeah um it's a great rest i just can't shoot it yeah. <laughs> can't shoot it worth a rip i think that's what you know talking about that's good is it's try different yeah. You know, try to figure out what's going to work best for. Yeah. The best groups I was shooting all year was with the springy rest and trad veins. Yeah. <laughs> Just that, that made a lot of people uh, question everything. But like my groups got to where they were like two inches at 30. Yeah. And I could just shoot that all day long. But um, I was having a little bit of issues tuning it at 40. So yeah. that's why I brought the, the plunger, plunger and the rest for this one. Yeah. And the tuning thing, like I shoot a springy and uh, I screw around with the spring stiffer and, you know, whatever, like 30 ounce all the way down to 20 or 15 screwing around with it. I don't I lock, you know, hooking up right under the knock helps obviously because yeah. I'm not getting crazy different limb pressure, but depending on who you learn from, right? So if you learn from a guy that's from the Howard Hill, uh, Asbel days, it's kind of this swing shooting grip and rip mentality right and then if you learn from the newer age you know there's going to be a springy rest probably an elevated rest or a plunger like you're doing you just gotta you know luckily it's not that expensive it's not like a compound a springy rest i think it's 19 bucks so it's not that yeah no (laughs) it it works good you were talking about limb pressure um i shot a 30 ounce because i'm so far down the string it pushes that arrow down on that rest yeah um oh yeah the one i have now you would probably bend it yeah you're shooting a 20 yeah, even yeah. at 580, it, there's a little flex when I first yeah. put it on there. But I've tried to bend it to make sure they are beefy, like on brush, to see if I, you know, bend yeah. the shit out of it. Good thing is if I bent it, I bend it back. I keep a couple okay. extra springs, you know, with me. But yeah. So what are you what are you planning on? I know we're gonna we're actually gonna order you a, a PMA today and a G10 with the carbon. Um, but you, Hunting wise, what did you shoot for a hunting uh, bow last year? The Satori, but arrows and broadheads and everything else. Uh, last year, I was shooting the Gold Tip XT Classics. It was like an eleven point five grain per inch arrow, um, and then I think two hundred fifty grains up front. So I was, I was pretty heavy. Um, I was shooting only forty four pounds. Um, I ordered limbs, and I those Samics. I figured they would be heavier, more towards like fifty, but um, they're just a soft limb. Um, but yeah, the 19 inch riser, long limbs, 64 inch bow, um, uh, you know, regular uh, strap on quiver and all that. And then this year I'll probably be shooting that black widow, um, closer to 50 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good bow. I, I told you whatever the G, I went to G10, I like a heavy bow, but two, I beat the shit out of them. Wood, wood bows are wood bows. I mean, they're great, but they're. Yeah. I love a heavy bow. I mean, I don't, you picked mine up yesterday. I mean, it is heavy it's yeah. like approaching eight pounds yeah that's what mine's six and a half um yeah. and that's you know well, i don't know frank what's your compound well, i think mine was 12 so i'm still lower than pretty heavy with the front and the sidebar and quiver and all that crap but yeah i don't know exactly yeah that's just it's it's different and everybody 
everybody likes something different. I mean, guys like really light long bows, and I can't. It's just not for me. I, I need to shoot it. I like a heavy bow. Same with a compound. I shot a heavy bow. So, but anyhow, well, man, is there anything? We're getting close to an hour here. Um, where can people find you on social media and all that? Uh, Trad Baby Jesus. <laughs> yeah. You should make that your new Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, it's Public Land Dan on uh, Instagram, Daniel Collins on Facebook. Uh, I, I'm assuming you type in Daniel Collins on Instagram as well. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, you can follow along, like, with Daniel with the tournaments and everything else, what he's got going on. And then um, I think that um, probably that you'll are you start working with the push some on different things. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that for um, fact, no. I, well, you, you did a podcast with him, yeah. so you guys can listen to that. Um, and what, what it, you guys just talked about different shooting methods and yeah, we did, we mostly talked about equipment and tab sears and everything. Um, it was a good podcast. I think it's the four down on their, their page. Gotcha. So yeah, that, that's a good place to listen. And then, you know, obviously with the push, they've got, um, solid archery mechanics roots with Rod Jenkins. The solid is with Tom Clum. They have shot IQ stuff with Joel, um, that, you know, they've got a, a, a lot of different, um, knowledge, uh, on, on with what they, what they offer. They don't cover hunting as much as, um, maybe like the Stickbow Chronicles. That's the one that I help out with. Uh, but there's a lot of, I would say the Stickbow Chronicles, listen to that on the hunting side of things. And then on tech and, and tuning and tournaments, the push is a great place. Um, you know, and then I, I mean, do you mind if people message you for, for questions? Oh no. Yeah. You, you can hit me up all you want. I'll, I'll touch back with you when you get a hundred thousand. Yeah, I'm sure. What did you do? Uh, but yeah, Daniel at 19. So Daniel is definitely crushing everyone at 19 years old on the on the tournament scene, which is super cool because I don't think it's ever been done before um, like that no. at a guy your age. So not that I know. Yeah, how much shit is that stirred up? Quite a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's world archery all over the top and everything. But no, it's fun to watch. I mean, yeah. I'm just shooting my bow. I love to shoot my bow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You, you're definitely, it's, you know, you can imagine like, uh, was that overwhelming with everyone at dinner last night? It's pretty quiet. You know, how Amy gets drinking wine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah, I'm a quiet guy. You know, I just keep my head down and, and say something when I want to. <laughs> yeah. Do your thing. No, that's, that's good. I actually, I'm not going to say I, I gave him a spot. He's going to go scout. You're heading out today, right? Yeah. The, um, and, uh, I gave him that, sp- uh, you never used a spot or have you? Uh, no, I, yeah. I have one, but it is like, it's junk. After you use that one, you're probably going to be selling yourself on the sidewalk to, <laughs> to buy one there. It's a game changer. You'll, it's, you'll like it. It's, it's yeah. nice, but he's going to head into an area that I killed a bunch of elk and then see what he can, and can find. And then you're going to come back Thursday. Yeah. Thursday and, and get ready for this tournament. I'm totally, I'm not going to handicap him. So I'm going to bring him over and shoot the course a couple of times. So I don't have to listen to anybody bitch that <laughs> my home course or whatever. That way you can go shoot it. But what are the, uh, what are you guys' predictions? The, uh, for the tournament? <laughs> yeah. I would say, why well, my kind of. Is he going to be shooting in your group? Well, I wanted to, but I, to be fair, I, we can't, we're going to draw. So okay. Luke's going to be on target one and I'll be on target two just so when we get back, we can, when we're done, we can get ready for the awards, but we're going to draw names. Now, if nobody has an issue with it, I'd rather shoot beside you. Cause I don't really ever get to shoot beside anybody super good. Um, but Blake is shooting really good right now. Uh, Blake Hunter. So I, I would assume it would be you, me and Blake. I mean, you're the guy to beat. Um, the only advantage I have is it is my home course yeah. that does help. And it's, 
you probably never shot a course like this because yeah, of the probably mountains. not. Yeah. Um, Do you ever have to deal with heckling? I, I, <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of heckling. Mm, that's what I hear from old, from old Luke. <laughs> yeah. It's it's pretty rough. Yeah, there's nothing sacred. That's for sure. Like I feel like the shit talking affects Luke the worst, probably, yeah. <laughs> and he's the one who does most of it. So he Tanner Clem. So we shot yesterday, and uh, I didn't shoot very. I still beat Luke, which is he didn't shoot very good, but. He finally, the only thing he got to Tanner, he was like, you know, I Googled you. Uh, you played for uh, football. You played linebacker. He goes, so it looks like you sucked. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only Tanner might have shot a 10 oh on that gosh. or maybe cut the 8 line or 10 line. Um, yeah, Luke talks a lot of shit. It should be good, though. We got thousands of dollars of, of prizes, and I think first place should get, at this point, depending upon who else signs up, maybe like four grand. Um, nice. Uh, and Or yeah, I think it'll be like four um, grand for first, uh, what, two or three for second, and 15 to two for third, and then 400 for fourth. And then we have, I don't know how much different prizes. So yeah. what'll happen for, we'll try to release this obviously tomorrow. Um, people had a ton of questions. So it's center 12s, um, range finders, because Luke's a pussy. Um, <laughs> and then when... You know, you'll be grouped with two, 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 you know, two. It'll be two trad guys and two compound guys at each stake. Okay. Um, the I had a lot of questions of like this high score count. I'm like, well, why would we need a trad guy? Because the compound guy's probably gonna have the higher score. So it's combined score. So if you shoot a ten, he shoots a ten. It's twenty points for that target. Um, we're gonna take the top ten shooters um, for Sun, and then go shoot Sunday, and then their top teams, and then. If you want to try to buy in, you can enter your entry fee again and, and shoot again on, on Sunday. Anybody that comes can shoot the other course on Sunday. It's open, and they can go fling more more arrows. There'll be some novelty shoots, some long-distance shoots, things like that. And then the raffle, or not a raffle, the giveaway um, of all the different prizes will be Saturday. Okay. We'll probably barbecue at the end of it, and then Sunday's just to get the money for the top shooters. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. No, it'll be yeah. It'll be good. You better leave some room in that Tacoma of yours. You might be going <laughs> home with a lot of prizes. Yeah, last year everybody got, but there's quite a bit of prizes. Those trophies Luke got, did you see those? Yeah, you showed me the pictures of them. Yeah, Hilarious. there's this shit talking, and then, uh, God, I can't remember. He had some funny ones, and then high score. and Worst shooter, best shooter, high score. Uh, yeah, most best misses. Scenes. Yeah, most <laughs> That's where the trad Jesus came from as I was walking back. It was you and Braden, wasn't it, little fuckers? And uh, there was like 20 people behind me on my bow over my shoulder. He videoed it, and I think he said, there comes trad Jesus and his apostles, and it it stuck. <laughs> I didn't name myself that. There's been some pretty funny memes where people put my face on Jesus with smoke coming in front of it. There's people put some work into the so I called uh, Dwayne Grandpa Jesus and you Baby Jesus. So, what's that? We should make a shirt. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know about that. Is that sacrilegious? I don't know. I guess once he turns 21, he won't be Baby Baby Jesus anymore. Yeah. How old? What do you? Um, how, when do you turn 20? Uh, in a year. <laughs> I just Please. turned 19. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah. The good so old much. days. So I'd probably say pussy is the only thing that's gonna fuck with you in tournaments. So stay away from women. <laughs> They're the devil. Liquor. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Liquor. Liquor. Either way. I think he's pretty good there. Um, yeah, women seem, seem to, of course, any woman listening to this, I'm going to hear something from Sarah Gamash, I'm sure, but <laughs> stay away from women. You probably got a long career ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, ladies. Uh, oh. Well, cool. All right, we're going to hop off here. Um, 
Daniel's got to go find elk to shoot, and uh, Frank and I have to actually do some real live work. So I appreciate you coming on, though, man. And then, uh, yeah, everybody, I'm sure that'll be filmed in 400 different ways can uh, tune in for the best of the best shoot. I think we're going to have da- – David's going to film it, isn't he? Uh, I think so. Yeah. yeah, and then there's a few There'll other guys. Plenty and, of people taking photos and yeah, Instagram videos. It'll be fun. Yeah. A lot of shit. Good time. So cool. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, thanks for having me on.